Can you dig it? Welcome to IDP Nation spin-off podcast talking about college IDP and Debbie IDP prospects. We are your hosts, Dan Cook, Daryl Winston, and Eric Harrell. We are the Debbie IDP Grind. Can you dig it? Welcome to episode 21 of the Dig Podcast, the Debbie IDP Grind. I am Daryl Winstead, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Harroff. How's it going, Eric? It's going pretty good, man. Pretty good. Awesome. Been a busy weekend of uh, playoff football for the NFL, so um, been busy watching that. But uh, tonight we have a special guest. Uh, as many of our listeners, you know, we try to bring on uh, some uh, college players and let them tell their story and uh, all that good stuff, uh, try to get their name out there. And tonight we have Shamar John Charles of Appalachian State, the cornerback. Um, how's it going, Shamar? How y'all doing? How you doing? How you doing? Doing good, doing good, man. Uh, thank you for coming on and taking the time to do this with us. Definitely. No problem. No problem. Thank y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. Any, anytime, anytime. Yep. Like I said, we, we try to help everybody get their names out there, tell their story a little bit, because, uh, you know, there's just never, never, never enough promotion for you guys. I feel like any promotion is good promotion. So we're here to help you out. We're, we follow you and tweet on all your stuff. And so just keep us posted. But we would like to thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. So we'll tell them a little bit about you. You played for uh, Miramar High School in Florida. Uh, you was a two-star prospect, uh, 247, rivals all the good uh, scouting services. Um, 2020 preseason All-Sunbelt Conference, second team by the coaches. Um, a 2020 preseason All-Sports, second team by Athlon. Um, plenty of accolades, too many to mention, actually. Um, but an impressive resume, 50 games, 96 tackles, 61 solos, a TFL, a forced fumble, two interceptions, and 33 pass breakups. That was uh, that really stands out to me. Um, you actually led the Sun Belt Conference and the entire nation this year with pass breakups with 17, and um, you ranked second all-time in conference history with 33. So, uh, I mean, highly decorated, highly talented player you have been for them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, so uh, it's not one of our questions down here, but I'll kind of get into it a little bit here. So I know everybody that comes on, they promote being part of a team and, and all this, but on a selfish side a little bit, how does it feel to know, <laughs> how does it feel to know that you excelled in a certain area, like with the pass breakups, you know, leading your conference, your team, you led the entire nation with 17 and your second overall all time in Sunbelt conference history with 33. Uh, how does that make you feel? Is that something that you're, you're proud of? Uh, is that something you kind of, a goal that you set? I feel like I would be lying if I said I wasn't proud. Was <laughs> a lot of things I was able to accomplish, but you know, obviously a lot of that goes into a lot of preparation uh, behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. Um, I'm a big film guy. Uh, I studied the game of football, you know, also with help from my coaches, my position coach specifically, James Rowe, my defense coordinator, you know, they helped me become and develop into the player I am today. 
um, especially Coach Rowe bringing his NFL knowledge and, you know, his in-depth of the game and how he studies football and teaching me and helping me, you know, allows me to study film the way I do and, you know, um, allows myself to anticipate plays and just go out there and, you know, just make the plays when they're there. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of said that because a lot of people just – they don't understand. They think that you guys are just so talented and so skilled that you just go out there and perform, and it's it's not always that. Sometimes it is. That helps. But to hear you say that you're a real film study rat and you, you study the game like that, that's a big part of it too, is it not? Yeah, I feel like that's real important. Um, I feel like that's what separates me from a lot of players. Uh, I feel like a lot of players, like you said, just play the game. And which is fine. I know that's something that works for you. But for me, you know, I like to study football. Um, I'm always watching football. I was just watching playoff games before. I <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm always watching all levels from Little League to high school to college to NFL. I'm always trying to learn and uh, just grasp the game as it's always consistently, you know, evolving. So. Yeah, I played in high school and then coached youth league for a long time. And I always tried to tell the kids, you know, you're a good athlete, you, you know how to perform and all this, but if you've got it up here, yeah. then that's that's the complete package because if you're not in position to make the play, you, you know, your talent and skills ain't going to help you a lot of times. So I uh, really like to hear you say that, man. So good stuff there. Um, so we'll dig on into the interview. We're going to start from the beginning. Um, who introduced you to the game of football? So I actually played T-ball before I played football. And um, – I moved to Miramar when I was around five, six years old, uh, and I had a, a neighbor. Um, I called him Mr. Jeff, and uh, you know, I used to me and his, me and his son used to be best friends. We went to the school, our elementary school together. We used to be best friends, the best friends when we were younger. Um, they moved a couple years back, um, and uh, you know, he played at our you know local park, and uh, I used to always go over to his house, and we would play every day, and. Uh, Finally, one day I convinced my mom to let me go to football practice with him. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, at the time it was flag football. It wasn't tackle. But, you know, I went out there and I just had a time of my life. And, uh, yeah, I just fell in love with football ever since. I didn't know what I was doing out there. I didn't know any of the <laughs> rules. I didn't even know how to hold a football. I was just glad to go out there and play. So it's kind of how it started. And uh, it just took off from there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so as you uh, went through high school and received all these offers, why did you choose to go to Appalachian State to further your career? So I was getting recruited uh, pretty decently, you know, throughout my jun junior year. And, uh, you know, I ended up having a, a shoulder surgery. So I ended up tearing my labrum and I ended up getting uh, surgery. And uh, a lot of those bigger schools, they stopped recruiting me. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, closer towards signing day, you know, signing week, a lot of people don't know, I only had two schools to choose from, uh, which was Bowling Green in Ohio and uh, Appalachian State. And uh, I got recruited by Frank Ponce. You know, he just came back as the OC, um, just came back from Louisville, I think this past week, you know, to come right. back to App State. And uh, he showed me around the facility, you know, introduced me to the culture, you know, and I just fell in love with it. You know, I just wanted to be a part of a winning culture and, uh, yeah, I end up only having two schools, and I end up choosing App State, and I feel like it 
it worked out pretty well. So. I think you chose wisely. It, it seemed to be that they, they're a perennial power, so uh, yeah. lots of winning going on down there. And you, like I said earlier, you played really well for them, so I believe you did very good in choosing that. Um, kind of piggyback off of what you said, you had offers from Cincinnati, Tulane, Northern Illinois, and some others. If you hadn't chose App State, where do you feel you would have gone and why? Uh, signing week. I mean, I only had another choice, and that, that would have been Bowling Green. But if I was to keep those other schools, I mean, who knows? Whichever one I felt the most comfortable, whichever one my parents felt the most comfortable, um, you know, is the school I would have went with. But, you know, I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, things happen for a reason. And uh, even though a lot of those schools pulled back, you know, I was able to make the best of my opportunities at App State. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. Right. So we uh, we all know that we're in this pandemic and it's it's been horrible and awful and we've had to change so yes. many things and and all that stuff. How has COVID impacted your everyday life the most? Ooh. I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's obvious that, you know, things have changed. You know, we can't go into stores without masks. We can't right. we gotta keep social distancing, which is important, you know, but I just feel like, you know, like everybody else, I feel like COVID has affected me, you know, pretty much the same, you know, you know, life is different, but I mean, we have to do what we have to do in order to make things better. So, you know, being around the facility, getting checked every day, of course, that's something that we're not used to, um, you know, getting our COVID tests, doing our daily waivers and stuff like that. Uh, it's something that we all had to adjust to, you know, in season, dealing with players, having to sit out some games, you know, sometimes finding out the day, the week of the game, somebody's not playing you know and it might be a critical player part of that game plan this week you know just having to adjust or a coach so just right. having to make those adjustments and uh adjust on the fly i feel like that's that's something that hit a lot of teams around the country not just us pretty hard so. oh yeah yeah so a lot a lot of unknowns you, you know you, yeah. you go one week thinking you've got your whole team and then maybe within a day or two you you're wiped out because of this so yeah. um uh was there any major adjustments as far as being able to prepare each week with this COVID pandemic or was everything pretty much the same other than the testing and stuff like that? I feel like, um, I feel like it was in a, in a, in a way it was a blessing because a lot of the younger guys, you know, they had to step up pretty right. early, you know, a lot of guys who probably came in and didn't expect to play, played a lot of snaps this year for us. Um, they had to be prepared every week. So, you, you know, there there was no taking any weeks off, you know, because your name could literally be called. I know a lot of times coaches were said, but, you know, guys know for the most part they, they're not going to play um, most likely or not. But, you know, with this with this season and how things were going, you know, it, it, your number could really get called and uh, it could get called, you know, sooner than right. what you would think. So I feel like that was that was, you know, something that 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 was a blessing in disguise for us because you know also with this year not really counting so it's like a lot of the guys got a taste of college football and you know not having this year taken away from them i feel like benefited a lot of guys you know if they choose to play four more seasons or not so awesome so what would you say is the strongest part of your game uh outside of film study just playing with confidence and uh you know I play corner so 
in my opinion, I feel like I have the hardest job on the field. You know, no disrespect to any other positions, but right. you know, I feel like I have one of the most unique positions in all the sports, having to make plays going backwards. And uh, I would say just just having to play with confidence and uh, just playing aggressive. You know, I like playing a lot of press man and uh, yeah, just trusting my leverage and trusting where my help is coming from and just being able to win at whatever leverage that I'm playing with, you know, um, which has kind of helped me out a lot this season and allowed me to, you know, be in good positions to make some plays. Yeah, you definitely play with a lot of confidence and I'll touch on that in a minute, but um, I, I agree with you. I think you do have a lot of one of the hardest jobs on the field, especially with football being geared towards more offense these days with these higher powered offenses and stuff. It, it puts a lot of pressure, especially on a corner that's out there on an island by himself. So, yeah, I, confidence is definitely something you need, kind of a, a quick erase to the memory. If you do get beat, you, you can't just dwell on it. you got to keep going and, and get after it. So, yeah, I agree. Um, so you, as I mentioned, you played at App State. Um, and I'll be honest, I first uh, noticed you watching your teammate, Sean Jolly, uh, who is another great corner, by the way. Um, you all have been named one of the best country, uh, best duos, cornerback duos in the country. Apologies. Um, what makes both of you together so good? And how do how did your styles complement each other? That's pretty funny you mentioned Jolly. Uh, we were just on the <laughs> phone uh, when I was driving from Orlando. Uh, we just got off the phone before I got back to my apartment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jolly, Jolly's a great player. Um, I consider us like thunder and lightning. You know, he's real quick. Okay. Uh, he's real twitchy, you know. And I feel like he's also physical, but, you know, he he he's quick He's quick as a cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's, his burst is one of the best that I've ever seen. You know, I'm from South Florida, so I've seen a lot of good athletes at all <laughs> right. skill positions. But his is up there, you know, and I feel like I'm I'm more thunder in the combo. You know, I'm more, you know, thicker built, you know, a little bit more physical to my game. You know, I like to get a little bit more in the receiver's face. And, uh, you know, I feel like we complement each other well. You know, we push each other. We we both study football a lot. Um, he's also one smart player, too, you know, being able to play inside, corner, and out. And, uh you know, uh, yeah, he's just a great player. That's one of my best friends on the field, too. Uh, when he makes a play, I feel like I made the play. And when I make a play, it feels like he made one. So right. there's nothing selfish between any of us. Uh, we feed off each other's energy. You know, one of us down, we pick each other up. So that's just the relationship we have. And uh, we just we built from that. And, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I started watching him last year, and that's how I noticed you. And I, over the last two years, I have watched a ton of y'all's games and – you two definitely complement each other very well. Like you said, it's a little bit different styles, but man, you all are so good and have was one of the big parts, big reasons for uh, Appalachian State success. I mean, without you two, I mean, that changes a lot of games, being able to run two corners out there that can just lock it down like that. Um, and yeah, tell, uh, tell Sean to hit us up. We'd love to have him on too. Oh yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> um. So what would you say is the weakest part of your game? Um, I don't like to use the word weak, but I feel like something that I can't improve on, you know. Right. Um, you know, at the next level, God willing, you know, I want to be able to play all positions in the secondary. So, you know, just getting a little bit more 
well, better footwork, you know, at the safety position. You know, I worked it a little bit this weekend at the Tropical Bowl, and uh, you know, it felt good playing back there, having being able to see the entire field for once <laughs> instead of just one side. So, you know, I was able to play a couple of different spots, but just working on you know the footwork, playing in the different positions, because even though it's all defensive back, you know, each position requires unique movements. So, you know, just working on those specific movements, footsteps, um, different reads and keys that I could get better on, you know, just sharpening my game overall. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned the tropical bowl, um, playing some safety. Is that something that you're willing to do? Uh, are you wanting to just, you know, do you strictly want to be a corner? Do you want to play wherever? Or? Yeah, I would love to play wherever. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Funny thing is, <laughs> I actually played some wide receiver this week too in practice. Oh wow! Oh wow! So, Look at you! Yeah. There you go. So I'm willing to play wherever, wherever coach wants to put me. So yeah, I'm an open book. Like I said, I love playing football. Um, Absolutely. The accolades are nice, but I don't play for accolades. I just love playing because I've been playing this since I was five years old, man. And I still remember the first day I ever hit the field when I didn't know not one rule. Mm -hmm of football, you know, and I still keep that same passion today. So wherever coach needs me, I'll play with that special teams, you know, nickel, dime. I'll play nose tackle if you need me to. So, yeah. I'm I love it. Up. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love to hear that. Um, so we try to throw a little fun stuff, fun questions in there. What's your favorite song of all time? What gets you hopped up? What's, what's your go-to song? So, for one, my favorite artist is Craig Black. You know, he's kind of from the area I'm from, um, Broward County, Florida. Uh, one of my favorite songs, you know, is Me, Myself, and I with him. You know, it's one of the songs I listen to a lot before the games. Um, I listen to a lot of Meek Mill as well. Uh, I like mixing it up, though. I like different artists. Um, awesome. When I went up to app, they kind of put me on, you know, the Luke Holmes vibe. So, you know, there you go. I'm a big music fan, so I listen to all kinds. So this yeah, is one of my so, favorite questions because yeah. I don't stay current as most people do. So I like to hear this stuff. So I'll yeah, definitely go back and check so, some of those out, man. Yeah, and I'll be blowing people away sometimes when I talk. <laughs> but I mean, I, I credit my teammates at app for that, you know, put me on some different type of music. But yeah, I like streaming. I like listening to different things. Awesome um, for the game. Cool. Um, so what would be your career choice if you couldn't play football? Uh, so I finished school this December. I'm a double major in business, ma business management and business marketing. Nice. Um, yeah, I just graduated this December. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I want to be an athletic director someday. So I got in contact with our athletic director at App. Uh, his name Doug Gillen, mm -hmm. and uh, he put me, you know, just having conversations with him, just asking him how he started. You know, he put me in contact with other athletic directors as well, and you know, they all had this thing where they all started, you know, selling tickets, working with the Boosters Club for whatever school that they were with. So this off season, you know, uh, we usually have every Monday off after the games, so we practice Sunday. And usually have Mondays off. So every Monday, I've been meeting with our head of finances for our Boosters Club. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Doug Banks, and uh, I meet with him every single Monday, and uh, he's just been teaching me the ropes, you know, getting me started on, you know, learning how the Boosters Club works, you know, learning the money that goes in and out of the different 
departments within us sports you know our sports our sports groups uh here at the university and, you know just helping me out you know getting me started getting my feet wet a lot of that stuff and you know i've just been trying to take take advantage of that opportunity so that is awesome that is awesome going ahead and uh laying the groundwork for for after football hopefully yep taking that initiative that so great love to hear that thank you yes love to hear that um we'll continue on here um sorry i moved my page um speaking of your back to your game here uh if someone asks you what one game should they watch of yours uh who what game would you recommend and why from this season uh from any season your best game in your career what game should they go back and watch and think is this is me at my best right here i would say charlotte from this season uh my first game i had a pretty good pretty good game that that game um you know i feel like i was able to display a lot um of what i could do um i had you know not just me, but my other teammates as well played pretty good. Um, you know, we, we played good as a defense. You know, we didn't really play that that well against them last season. So just being able to get them again at home and, you know, correct a lot of our mistakes that we made the year before, you know, and I, I feel like I was able to go out there and make a couple of plays. So I would say Charlotte from this season. Awesome, awesome. Um, do you play fantasy football? I do, but awesome. I've been slacking for the last couple of seasons. But I always, <laughs> yeah, I'm always in my teammates' phones, you know, checking their teams because you know I'm a there big trash go. talker. I'm a big trash talker, so you know. But I, I like play, it. I like yeah, it. When I play, when I play, I'm the real deal. So uh, I hear you. That's awesome. We we've been thinking about maybe getting a league together, uh, maybe next year, and getting a bunch of you guys from different oh, yeah. uh, schools or whatever together. So I'll definitely be hitting you up with that. So definitely, definitely, I I won't hesitate to join. <laughs> right. Well, I'll mark it down. I'll definitely hit you up as soon as we get that set up. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so what NFL quarterbacks do you pattern your game after? Uh, NFL corners. You know, there's so many good corners in the league. Um, and it doesn't have to say, be a corner. Do you think your game is more towards a safety? If so, what safety do you uh, pattern your game after? Whoever. Um, I like watching Shadavius White from Buffalo, from the Buffalo Bills. Um, mm -hmm. I like watching Marlon Humphreys for his physicality. Uh, you know, he's a bigger corner, but I like Shadavius White a lot. I feel like being him moved. Probably similar. Uh, we're we're, we're kind of built the same, you know, body type. He's a little bit taller than me, but his body frame is kind of similar to mine. Um, he likes to mix it up between press and off a lot, and uh, he's, like, real physical at the point of the ball. Um, so I watch him a lot. But, like I said, I study pretty much all the corners in the league. You know, Xavier Howard had a pretty good year this year. Mm -hmm. Any corner that mm -hmm. can get double-digit picks in one season is, mm -hmm. you know, doing something pretty well you know Jalen ramsey of course so many good coins in the league um i watched desmond king um he just got traded um but he's 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 also a good corner i watched kenny moore a lot as well slot corner for the colts um highest paid slot corner in the league you know he, he's real versatile he's real smart 
Uh, he was coached by my position coach, uh, James Rowe, when he was at Valdosta. And, you know, he talks about him all the time. So I watch clips of him all the time as much as I can. So Awesome. So we, I asked you a minute ago, what's the one game you should ever, that you would recommend everybody go watch? What is one game that you would like to replay and why? Oh, let me think. For my career or for yeah, this season? Yeah. Uh, either one, whichever one you want to talk about. Uh, even though I got my first career interception in it, I would like to go back to our bowl game. Uh, in New Orleans last year. That was the first time I let up two deep balls and uh, that entire off season, you know, that was in the back of my head. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of glad it happened though, in a sense, because, you know, like I said, I did not forget about those two plays. I remember exactly what happened. Um, the yardage, the, the down and distance where I was at. And, uh, you know, that was something I took every day into the off seasons, you know, to prevent something like that from happening to me again. And, uh, you know, credit the receiver. He's a great receiver. Um, I think his name was Austin Watkins, mm -hmm. uh, number six for UAB. Great receiver. Um, you know, he has a future at the next level. And, uh, you know, just just taking away, if I not that game, but those two plays, you know. Right. At the and and I'm glad you kind of mentioned that. I, I, forgive me, I forget who the game was against this year. But you you talked about getting beat deep twice and and remembering that. Uh, I, like I said, I can't remember the opponent this year, but I saw you get and I even tweeted. I saw you get beat beat, and this is what really set you apart from a lot of other players for me this year is you didn't panic. You know, you knew you were beat right out of the gate, but you didn't panic. You stayed with your game. You stayed with the play. Uh, it was a deep pass. He made the catch, but you still continued through it. You made the hit and, and, and got the ball out of there for the PVU when a lot of players, they would have just given up or, or just trailed behind you, and you didn't do that. You stayed with it. You stayed to your game. You stayed confident and, and made the big play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of that – I feel like a lot of that comes with, you know, a million reps of just repetition – you know, repetition, repetition, you know, you take the drills into the game and it just consider the game another workout at the end of the day. So, yeah, especially at corner, I think, you know, even you can be some of the best, but I see it a lot of times on all the levels. I think for corners, sometimes they they panic or they they get out of their comfort zone when they when they're beaten like that. If they would just stay with it and trust themselves, be confident, like you said, a lot of times they can make that up and, and still make the play. But uh, for whatever reason, I see sometimes they. It's, I don't know if they just panic too much and they can't think or whatever. But but yeah, that was a huge play for you that you did. I was like, yep, he gets it. He understands it. You know, he's he's confident, like you said, and that's that's what you got to have, especially when you go to the pros. That's what they're looking for. Appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Um, so what's your favorite defensive play call and why? Uh, I actually have two. Okay. So I like two, man. Um, reason being, you know, I get to play extra aggressive, um, knowing that, you know, I have faith in my safety, whether that's Ryan Huff or Caden Smith or any other safety that's out there to, you know, play over top. And I get to be extra aggressive on any other routes, in breaking, out breaking. Um, I can mix it up 
you know, understanding that I do have that support over top. So two men would be right. one of my biggest ones. Um, and I will also say, of course, you know, Tampa. I feel like all corners love Tampa when you have, three, <laughs> you have, you have open eyes and you get to see everything that's in front of you, you know, and uh, yeah, you just get to read the quarterback, your quarterback player, and uh, that's when you get to be extra aggressive as well and, you know, jump routes and play underneath certain routes and, uh, you know, bait the quarterback a little bit. Awesome. So we'll continue on here. What opposing player was the toughest for you to cover and why? Hmm. Face a lot of great receivers. Um, <laughs> you know, first place I would say our own App State's receivers. So Thomas Hennigan and Corey Sutton and Jalen Virgil and Malik Williams. And yeah, all of them. Um, they're in first place, you know, going against them every day is, yeah. but you know, I make them better. They make me better. So that's the relationship that we have, but from opposing teams, the best wide receivers or best players? Just the best player that, who was the, uh, you know, just the best, the, the toughest player for you to cover? Oh, um, I would say either Brian Edwards from South Carolina. He was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, he's with the Oakland Raiders right now. I forgot mm -hmm. what round he got drafted. And like I said before, number six from UAB was pretty good too. Um, they were both pretty similar receivers. You know, they have real good feet for their size. They're real big, um, stockier guys, uh, strong hands, big hands, good routes. So they were, they were two, they were dogs. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they much are. respect to them. Much respect to them. So do you like covering just since they're more like the complete package guys, do you like covering guys like that? Do you like covering the speedy guys? Do they give you more problems or is it the big physical receivers that uh, you like I, better? I feel like as a corner, you should want to cover whoever, you know? Right, right. Um, so I would say both. Well, not, well, I would say, you know, wanting to cover both, um, me personally, you know, you, I'm going to be in situations or I was in situations where I had to cover, you know, shorter, quicker guys. And then I had to color, cover taller, you know, longer guys. But I feel like that's what makes the position fun. You know, I feel right. like not only do we have the hardest position, you know, or I should say most unique position on the field. I, I, I believe we have the most fun position, you know, because games on you every single snap. Um, when you mess up, everybody sees, you know. When you make a play, everybody sees it as well. So it's one of those positions where, you know, you got to embrace whatever you have in front of you. Uh, me personally, I love playing all receivers. Um, right. You know, if a receiver wants to get physical, that's kind of how I like to play. So, I mean, we can play that game if you want to. So Right. And, and you're never locked on the same receiver all the time. And, yeah. and obvi obviously speed and size is two of the biggest factors. But – can you elaborate for our listeners outside of size and speed? What is the biggest difference between, say, a speed receiver that's real small, a slot guy, and a big physical receiver that's going to challenge you and push on you? So I would say, for one, you know, their body types are different, so they move differently. Uh, smaller receivers, it's kind of harder to get hands on them because, you know, their chest is usually lower. Um, as a defensive back, you're aiming for – 
any 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 part of the upper chest that you could get a hand on. Um, right. You know, when you're playing press man with smaller receivers, of course, you know they're lower to the ground. Um, a lot of them, they're choppier. Um, they don't like to get touched as much. You know, when you're placing longer receivers. Depending on who you got, you know, they like to play the physical game with you, especially if they have a little bit more weight on them. Um, but I feel right. like a lot of that comes with film study as well, just understanding what you have. Um, yeah, it just also depends on what type of receiver you're dealing with. Uh, every receiver gives you a little bit something different. You know, even our own receivers, everybody gives you a little bit something different. So, right. like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, that film study is really important understanding the little things um, with certain formations, you know, what routes you could possibly be getting. And with that being said, with certain down and distances, you know, certain plays are coming, certain routes are coming, certain with certain splits of the receiver, you know, he's possibly running this or that. So just making the game easier for yourself with that also being said. Right. So uh, we've, we've went over your career and it's been a good career. Uh, you've done a lot of great things at App State. You're a senior. Um, you're looking to to go on to the next level or whatever. Was there any consideration at all with this eligibility rule waiver? Was there any thought on your part at all on coming back for another year? Definitely, man. I mean, it's not. It's not. Nobody wants to rush you know, <laughs> getting to the real world. You know, you only go to college right. once. You know. Right. Um, you only get to play college football once, and that's some of the best bonds and some of the closest friendships that you ever have because, you know, for once, you know, you're away from your family. It's kind of different right. from high school because you kind of become grown men amongst each other, you know, and I feel like COVID made us a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of teams around the country closer. With that being said, and uh, yep. just 2020 in general, just, you know, um, yeah, just bringing a lot of teams closer, so... Yeah, I would just say, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> a, a tough decision, I'm sure. Yeah, it was I mean, real tough. It was real tough. I talked to my parents, um, had a long conversation with them, talked to my position coach, you know, just got some input from him, him being in the league. You know, he's kind of always kept it, you know, 100 with uh, all of us in the defensive back room. You know, I talked right. to Coach Clark. And, uh, you know, it was a tough decision. It was a tough decision. But, you know, I felt like I made a correct decision for the better of me and my family. You know, I felt like I gave the university everything I had, you know, being there five years, you know, playing, waiting my turn, you know, giving my all on all phases of the ball, including special teams, never complaining, you know, being a team guy, helping on and off the field for the betterment of the university. So I feel like I – I could, you know, wear the shirt that says today I get my off app state, you know, and I could really say I did. So awesome. Yeah, I, I was curious with the eligibility waiver rule, uh, how a lot of players are looking at that, you know, is you know, are they just set on going to the next level? Or was it a hard decision? Do they consider yeah. coming back? So I really enjoyed that answer there. Um so now that you're moving on, you're looking towards the NFL or whatever. Um, where do you plan to train and get ready for the draft? Um, so I've decided to go back home. Um, I'm at I'm training with Pete Bomaritos. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, Pete's worked with a lot of a lot of guys that's already in the next level. Um, a lot of defensive backs. Um, he's real good. He's real precise. 
he's really a technician. Um, he's real nitpicky in what he wants, and uh, it's helping me so far. You know, I feel my body changing already. You know, awesome. And we only been probably two weeks in, less than two weeks, and uh, feel myself changing. You know, I'm all, I've always been a healthy eater. You ask my teammates, you know, I'm big on what I eat, like <laughs> real precise on what I eat. I do not just eat anything. You know, I'll usually eat the healthier things around, but, you know, just them even tightening up that diet, you know, I just feel my body changing for the better, you know. So. Awesome. And you mentioned that you were at the, the Tropical Bowl this week. Um, is there any other bowls or all-star games that you're planning to attend or events that you're looking at uh, attending? Um, I have to sit down and see which ones possibly in the future, but um, I just got an invite to the Hula Bowl in Hawaii. So I'm nice. Still yeah. appreciate you. I'm still deciding um, on whether or not I'll be attending that. I haven't had a final answer yet, but um, I feel like that answer will come sooner or later. Right. Um, with all of, with not all of it, but with the uncertainty of what they're going to do with combines and maybe possibly pro days, do you feel that maybe you need to attend more of these, uh, these all-star games and bowls like that to get more film, more tape, more information out there for teams, or do you, do you think it's yeah. going to work itself out? Um, I feel like it's kind of both. Uh, we're going. I could just speak for the tropical bowl. You know, going down there, it was a good experience. I got to talk to a lot of scouts. You know, I had good conversations with a lot of um, scouts at the next level. And uh, I just feel like exposure is important. Um, but also, you got to also realize that, you know, you got to understand your own body as well. So, you know, if you feel as if you want the exposure right now, then so be it. Go ahead. Um, right. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still deciding on whether or not I'm going, you know. Right. Um, and that decision probably coming pretty soon. You know, either way. I feel comfortable with whatever decision I make towards the, the hula ball. Um, uh, yeah, then then there's the other side. You know, a lot of people, they rather just continue training, you know, right. uh, continue perfecting their, their craft where, you know, when that pro day comes or if they get – if we do have uh, combines, if that day comes, you know. So I feel like it works 50-50. Awesome, awesome. Well, you'll have to keep us uh... – Keep us up to date on these um, all-star games and bowls or whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll help you get your name out there for sure. Um, if you had to tell an, an inspiring high school player, what is the hardest part of playing college football? What would it be and why? Uh, is there a, you know, is there like something different from, I'm sure there's many things, but going from high school where maybe you're the best player on the field, you jump to college and maybe not, or is it is something to do with the schoolwork or is it all of it? What is the uh, hardest part of playing college football? Understanding that everybody's process is different. Um, everybody's come up is different. Um, when I got to App State, like any other freshman, I thought I was going to play off rip. Um, I thought I was going to be a starter my first year. <laughs> right. uh, that was not the case. I got redshirted, you know. Um, I had to do developmental lifts early in the morning, every single day of my redshirt year when I wasn't traveling. Uh, so just understanding that everybody's process is different. You know, I sat behind two All-Americans in high school as well. And uh, same thing in college, you know, that I think I was going to have to go through that process again when I went to App State. Of course not, but you know it. 
thing, like right. I said before, things happen for a reason. And uh, I know a lot of high school guys, they're eager and they're hungry and they want it now. But uh, yeah. I would say, you know, everybody's process is different. Trust the process. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm a walking testimony of just trusting the process. Um, there's been times where I did want to, where I did question if this was for me, you know, uh, just being away from home, you know, not things not going the way I thought it was going to go at first. And uh, yeah, you know, you have, I'm human too. You know, you have second right. thoughts about everything, the whole process, if this is the right school for me and stuff like that. But now nah, I'm telling you, man, if you just, if you just put the work in, you know, not everybody has to see the work, you know, right. sometimes it's, it's okay not to post your workouts on Instagram and, <laughs> right. and yeah, man, I'm one of those believers. Like if you just really, put the work in to make yourself better and not have everybody else believe that you're working. Like, just do it for you. I, just trust me. Like, it'll work out for you. And also, the smartest players always play. Yeah. And being so, red-shirted is not always a bad thing either. I it's mean, not. Definitely not. I know what you mean. A lot of I've seen it in a lot of players. They, like you said, they, they want to start right out the gate. They want to be the best player right out the gate. And sometimes you, you, you just have to be patient and wait your turn. And, and yeah. like you said, good players will play. And if you're a good player, you'll start as soon as they, they're ready for you, as soon as they see that. Definitely. Definitely. And I will also say, you know, from college all the way up, um, the players that the coaches trust the most will play. So with right. that being said, you know, study. Study your playbook. Study yep. a lot, you know, try to learn as much about football as you can. A try to learn the verbiage that you use at whatever school that you're playing at, and, you know, try to pick up on it as fast as you can and, uh, you know, give yourself a better shot of playing earlier. And like you said, yeah. red shirting is not a bad thing, you know. No, it's um, not. It's actually a time to regather your thoughts and, you know, try to get better in the off season. It's actually a good time, you know, you get one year to prepare make yourself better, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter by watching the guys that's out there learning from their mistakes. So when you finally get that shot, you know, you don't make those same mistakes. So. Right. Good stuff. And then our final question here, before we let you go, if you had to give any pointers, what would they be? Um, like I said before, never quit. Um, never quit. Like, like I said before, you could, you could do it. Um, a million guys have done it before you, so don't let that deter you from finishing, you know. For one, go ahead and get that degree because um, that's the most important thing, you know. You're a student before you're an athlete. Um, yeah, and just give it everything that you have, you know. Your process won't be perfect. Nobody's process is perfect, you know. Right. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a projected first rounder or, you know, a free agent, or if you're a walk-on, if you're a scholarship guy, nobody's process is perfect. Everybody's going to have to go through some type of adversity at some point. You know, we all do, um, coaches included, you know. And uh, I would just say for the young guys, like I said before, just learn. Learn as much as you can, as fast as you can. Try to right. make the game easier for you because um, it slows the game down. Um, for my defensive backs, study i'm telling you because if you study um and if you add that on to your own personal athleticism then man you could be the sky's the limit for whoever you know because obviously if you weren't good 
they wouldn't recruit you or wouldn't want you at the university. So you're there for a reason. So just try to make yourself smart as you can, you know, on that field. Be as smart as a coach out there. Awesome. That is such good stuff, man. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Sherm underscore FTC, on Instagram at Sherm underscore eight. Is there any other social media uh, our listeners can follow you at, or is that those pretty much, much it? Yeah, that's pretty much the two big ones. Um, I don't usually use the other ones as much. So All right. Um, yeah, they can follow me at those. Cool. Awesome. Like I said, we want to thank you for taking the time to do this. We know you're busy with all these games and training and all that stuff. So we appreciate you taking the time. Um, stay in touch with us, man. We'd like to keep in touch with all of our interviewees, even, you know, when you get in the pros, we, we want to hit you up and bring you back on our other podcast because it's NFL related. So, uh, you know, uh, even after the draft or, or whatever, we'd like to bring you back and go through that process. We like to pick your brains. I know our listeners, they love that kind of stuff too. Um, uh, but once again, we just thank you for doing this because uh, I think a lot of times, even as fans, we can learn so much from hearing players talk about how they think about things and how they look at it and just, you know, their whole process, their whole story, it, it all comes together. So we want to thank you for taking the time to do this. Well, I appreciate y'all, man. And, uh, yeah, when you get that fantasy league, let me know. Oh, I definitely will, man. And uh, I definitely will, and we're going to do a written version of this interview and put it up on the website. It's coming back up here in just a couple of weeks, so it'll be up. I'll send that to you, and uh, be sure to tell your teammates to hit me up, man. We're looking for for anybody that wants to do an interview. We'll help them get their name out there, same as we will you. We'll tweet your stuff, and 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 uh, you know, like a Bryce Huff from uh, last year we had on. We've been promoting him all year. Every time he gets a sack and all that good stuff. So yeah, we'll, we got you, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all again for taking this time to do this. Uh, I enjoyed talking with y'all, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Absolutely. Hit us up anytime. We'll definitely get that fantasy league set up. I, I want right. to see how good y'all are. For sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank Later, man. And that was Shamar Jean Charles, the nation's leading pass breakup leader, second all-time in uh, conference history. Uh, man, that what a good interview, Eric. That was, that was great. That was yes. awesome. Like, I mean, I liked it before, but after yeah. that, I think yeah, it, I mean, he, uh, he really broke it down and told you what he was thinking. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I loved it. I loved the uh, – especially the what to work on stuff and, and – that stuff is, you know, or just like the red shirt part. That's something I hadn't heard a lot of in interviews, but just being patient because you're being red shirted, that's not a bad thing. So no, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. And you know, he, how he went through his process and to hear, hear that, you know, that he, he likes to watch tape and not just show up and say, Hey, I'm just going to do this. He, he, he puts work into it. And obviously it shows by having, by having the stats he did, you know, he, he only allowed two touchdowns this year. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome. You know? Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I liked was um, he was talking about a game from, uh, I think it was 2019 where he got beat deep twice, mm -hmm. which reminded me of the game. I wish I could remember who the opponent was and that's, I should have been more prepared on that, but he got beat and he stayed with it. I mean, he didn't give up. He stayed confident with what his game was and, mm -hmm. and he, 
made it all the way through breaking up the play. So you can see the growth. You know, he got beat deep twice in 2019. A year later in 2020, that doesn't happen. He's breaking up the play. So, yeah, he, if you look at his pass breakups, you know, he had nine last year and 16 this year. I mean, just by putting putting work in and doing your homework, it definitely shows. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's I, like I said, I started watching him last year when I got the started watching his teammate Sean Jolly, and uh, man, he's just I was like, who's this kid over here too? So uh, a lot of times that's how you get turned on to players. You you pick one and you're seeing teammates and all that, but man, he is really good. Um, glad to see that he was kind of proud of himself for leading the team in the country in pass breakups. That's something you don't hear a lot of, and he should be proud of it. You know, if you're yeah. excelling at your position and, and you're able to lead, what, 120-something Division One teams in a, in a category, whatever it is, but that's something to be proud of. That's like a, a crowning achievement to all your hard work, all your dedication, and all that good stuff. You know, when I watched their game against Coastal Carolina this year, because I know that was one of the most hyped games, because mm-hmm. you know, both him and Jolly just both did amazing. Uh, I don't think he'll he didn't, I don't think he allowed a catch in that game at all, and had one pass breakup in there. But just watching how those two worked off each other, and you know, they helped. I, I don't even know if Jolly allowed any catches either. I'd have to. I can't remember that one, but. It's yeah, it's and awesome. Like he said, they're both yeah, they're they're completely different players at the same position, but man, they work so well together, and you can see it on the field. You know, it's just they're a great duo. Um, hopefully, he'll talk Jolly into coming on, and we'll get him on, get him set up. But uh, yeah, really, what I think that was one of our better interviews. I really enjoyed it. I like to hear how he was breaking down, how his mind was working. You know, from you know his why he chose App State to how he got better at App State to now he's going into the draft process. He's starting that, what he's looking at doing and all that good stuff. It's just uh, so much good information. I could go back and listen two or three times to this. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> like I said, the way he, even like when he's, he, what he wants to do after, you know, he wanted to be an athletic director. Look at that. He's, he's taking that initiative and, you know, you went to his athletic director and went from there. I mean, that's good, good head on your shoulders. Yep. I mean, yes, yeah. Yes, it is. And that's good coaching. And, and that's a player that's under willing to listen and learn uh, good stuff to hear him that he was playing out of position, so to speak at safety. And then we got surprised to hear that he's played a little receiver at the tropical bowl. So, I mean, that's stuff that you don't necessarily hear every day. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I know that was on today, and I wanted to watch it, but I never. I had to work today, so I wasn't able to get to watch it. But I'll have to go back and watch it, and hopefully, we'll see if he plays in the the Hula Bowl, and yeah, we'll watch him there before before the draft process, since there's probably there. I don't think there's going to be a combine, so yeah, it's not looking good. But oh. there's some other bowls, Senior Bowls, and the NFL Players Bowl, and all those. East West Shrine Bowl, so maybe he gets invited to some of these other games and can put some more stuff on tape for him. But uh, there's no shame in his game at all. He is definitely one of the best corners in this class, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of draft gate grade he gets, and uh, and then eventually where he winds up getting, being drafted and what team. So, yep, agreed. But yeah, once again, if you, if you didn't catch it, that was Shamar Gene Charles, cornerback for Appalachian State. Um, 
really uh, smart young man, uh, very talented young man that has a very bright future ahead of him. So we'll be following him. So if you you want to keep up with him, keep following us because we'll be tweeting and promoting all his good stuff and keeping you up to date on how his uh, career goes going forward. Yep. Um, whew, I almost felt like I could have done that for a whole episode. <laughs> That, it was a good interview. It I was. was a good interview. And if you like that one, we have a little teaser here. We've got another one in the works. Uh, you know, like he said, it's it's busy time of year for these kids. So they're always going stuff, doing things. So we try to work around their schedule. And if we need to move, we can. Sometimes they just can't do it. They're so busy. But we do have another interview pl- uh, planned for next Sunday. So, you, you know, you won't want to miss that. Another one that's uh, – Another guy that's uh, looking forward to going to the draft. So I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going you're gonna to have to tune in and listen. So uh, just be prepared for that. Uh, whew, man, such a good interview. I, I'm, I really like that. Uh, so I guess we better get on with our show here. We'll get into the news and notes. Um, lots of things going on. Some big, big uh News, uh, big news of players returning and transferring and all this stuff. Um, and I just went from the most recent backwards. Former Auburn, and this is somebody we talked about last week, former mm-hmm. Auburn Tigers defensive end Big Cat Bryant entered the transfer, transfer portal and has now landed at Tennessee. I knew you'd be happy about that one. I, I am. I'm actually ecstatic about that because uh, – we had a big need there. DeAndre Johnson, if you're a Vols fan, you know who he is, one of our better pass rushers. He decided to transfer and move back home towards Florida. Uh, I forget what school he went to, but he's transferred back down there. So we had an opening. We had, uh, you know, Kayvon Bennett got into some trouble during the season and was dismissed from the team. So getting a big pass rusher like this, uh, a run stopper, I think that was huge pickup for us. Yep, Definitely. Um, any, any, you know, do they get to play Auburn next year? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we, yes, I think we do. Oh, that'll be interesting to see too. I can't remember if they're the one of the teams that rotates out or not. I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. No, maybe we don't get to play them because we played them this year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So maybe I'm not for sure. I'll have to double check on that. I know there's so many teams. You know, like Alabama, we play every year, but there's some teams that doesn't rotate out like them. So I got you. Okay. Um, Illinois defensive back Tony Adams is returning for 2021. That's pretty big for them. Um, he was one of their better corners. Uh, got five career interceptions, 143 tackles. So that's a big, big time. Uh, I want to say get, but they've already got him. Uh, it's a big keep, I guess. I, it should be the better option here. You know, he's uh, – coming back for another year, so that's big for them. Um, back to the SC, back to Auburn. I think we mentioned this the other day. Um, Zacoby McClain, the linebacker for Auburn's returning. Last uh, last year he had a, in 11 games he had 113 tackles, five and a half TFLs, and three sacks. That's a big keep for them as well. Uh, so they've got their top two leading uh, tacklers back from a year ago staying. So that's that defense is going to be in good hands with them. You know, you don't have a big learning curve for some of these younger guys. Um, 
And here's one you may uh, know a little bit more about than I do. Miami's outside linebacker Zach McLeod is returning for a sixth year. Wow, a sixth year. Well, he, he something happened and he redshirted, so that was his fifth year. And then he's uh, using the eligibility rule where there's, you know, the extra mm-hmm. year rule. So he's coming back for a sixth year. Kind of think that's smart. You know, some of these players, if you're not sure about your future, you – why not come back for a year? And that's kind of what I want to ask the, or wanted to ask Shamar about. You know, was there a chance that you wanted to come back? Yo, you did ask him. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what was interesting. I wanted to see his thoughts because, oh, okay. you know, um, how confident in your game are you that, yeah, now's the time to move on? Are you thinking, mm, maybe I can do better and you, you want to come back? Or you're thinking, no, I, I just need to come back for another year. So it's interesting to see what some of these players are thinking. Yep. Um, let's see, Iowa defensive back Matt Hankins is returning, using the extra year rule again. Um, over the past two years for uh, the Hawkeyes, he's had three interceptions, 12 pass breakups. So, you know, that's another – I call him keeps for these teams because, uh, you know, you, you're keeping that experience, you're keeping that talent, and that's, uh, that's good for your – for your defenses. Um, and here's a guy that I want to, I've seen a little bit of him and maybe you, maybe you've seen more than I have, but it's interesting. Louisiana red shirt, senior linebacker, Joe Dillon has entered the transfer transfer portal as a grad transfer. So he's, a he doesn't have to sit out. He's immediately eligible to play next year. Um, 47 games. He had a, uh, not 47. Yeah. 47 games, 151 tackles, 31 and a half TFLs, 18 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. A pretty productive player and kind of reminds me of a not on the same level, but that type of move. Kind of like Jabril Cox, you know, coming from North Dakota State going to Louisiana or LSU. So uh be interesting to see where he lands. I want to go back and watch some of his tape and see um a little bit more on him. But I, I thought that was an interesting transfer. Uh, portal guy. Yeah, I'll have to check him out. I I have not seen any of him, so that'll be a guy that I have on my list, and I'll have to check him out. <clears throat> right. Um, so that does it for the news and notes. Um, take a moment here for one of our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy App. They're a player prop fantasy thing. Uh, you can go on, use our promo code DIG100, and they will match up to, I think it's $75 on your deposit. Um, so if you put $75, they'll match it. That's $150. And it's player prop bets. You know, you're on you're betting on basically everything. Will, will this running back have 100 yards? Will this quarterback throw for three touchdowns? Uh, but you build your fantasy teams based on those player prop bets. Very easy to use. Very simple layout. Uh, very nice um, layout as well. Uh, just really good uh, – Really good and different way to play fantasy instead of just basing it, you know, on per game stats or whatever. Uh, just those player prop bets. It's it's a very interesting. I've checked it out a few times. So they decided they wanted to partner with us. So go help them out. Go help yourself out and and help us out here and use our uh, promo code Dig One Hundred. Um, we're kind of unprepared here. We didn't really pick a topic this week to. Uh, <laughs> to talk about Eric. We, did. we had the interview. That's that was our it was a great interview. And yeah. I think that yeah, that, that was a lot. It was a good just can't get over it. It was a good interview. Uh, yeah, that was 
no knock on any of our other interviews the past couple of years, but man, that was a really good one. Uh, and, and hopefully they'll just get better from here on out. But uh, yeah, can't wait to see uh, what he does coming forward. Um, anything you want to talk about campus to Canton leagues, players. Uh, I know we're kind of a fantasy podcast, but we've kind of got off onto the non-fantasy stuff here lately, but uh yeah, no, it's been it's been pretty busy just trying to, you know, work. We're working on the magazine, um, doing draft profiles, and no, yeah, it's, it, it's getting to be that time of year where it's fantasy takes a little bit of a backseat. Yes, it does. <laughs> takes it you know, takes the front seat, and then you know, then a little reverse after yeah. draft and whatnot. But yeah, so not much right now. Um, other than just, it's just draft stuff. Yeah, and you kind of touch on it. We For those that's followed me and Eric and, and Dan and some of the other guys, the magazine, we're in the process of hammering out all those profiles and getting that thing ready. Uh, we're doing the offense and defense again this year. Um, I think we're adding a few more players, so we're expanding. A um, little bit more info for you, background and all that stuff. I can't wait. I've already seen some of this stuff. And it's going to blow last year's completely out of the water. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely coming around. It's nice that we got a we got a better we got a better start on it this year than we did last year. Yep. So that's that was huge as well. So absolutely, and I definitely need to. Uh, I've got a bunch of them done. I just need to get them transferred over and entered in. So, uh, and and I've picked up a few players that. I didn't see a whole lot about and going back and watching them. So I'm learning more about them and I can't wait. It's, I used the magazine last year uh, and it was such a help because I have my opinions and I'm not always right, but it was good to use the magazine. Yes, there it is for you. Y'all that'll be watching the video later. Um, so much good stuff, but I went back and I like to use it to see what you thought about a certain player or what, what Dan or Joey or whoever thought about a certain player and how it differed from what I seen or if it was the same thing. So yeah, I used it a ton last year. Yep. I, I have it sitting right by my, my computer. So <laughs> doing the stuff, I can go back and look and just, just out of curiosity. How, yep. how, how did we look? How did it turn out after yep. this year? So it was definitely awesome. Um, we have a couple questions, but before we get into that, um, and I know you're going to love this. You know, it's it's a playoff Sunday, and TB12 is a uh, he's moving on. He's gonna he's gonna hang up on me, folks. I'm going to be by myself in a minute. Uh, but yes, Tampa Bay did beat the Saints uh, 30 to 20. Um, but what a game by Devin White! Man, he was a baller tonight. So. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't want either team to win because they're my division rival, so I don't want either team to win. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's Drew Brees' last year. Let's see if he can get one more. But Is he done? Yeah, I think that he did say this is his last year because he was only on a one-year contract. and He's got that big TV deal waiting on him too. So. Right? So yeah. he's done, and it'll be I'm – hoping, I'm hoping Buffalo can pull it off. Hoping Buffalo can pull it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Buffalo fan right now, and we saw Mahomes go down today with a concussion. Oh, I, watched, I, I saw that, and he was he was wobbly getting back up. So that was oh that was he scary there. I mean, I, I really like Patrick Mahomes, and seeing that, it's like you know what you don't ever want to see that. 
Yeah, he did not look right or know oh. where he was at even for, for a few moments there. But uh, anyway, that's more for our uh, IDP nation. But, uh, you know, we, uh, me and Kyle kind of got into some draft talk um, the other night. Yep. You know, now that the NFL's done. So we, we kind of dug into that and we kind of went over some players, um, our favorite of each position. Um, and, and this may lead into one of our questions here in a little bit. But, uh, Everybody's already heard mine. What is your favorite defensive tackle prospect in this draft? Doesn't have to be the number one pick, or or it's just who you think is the best. What are your favorites? Let's say. I mean, you same as you guys, Christian. <laughs> I knew that was coming. You know, I I do like Marvin Wilson a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's up there, and um, I did like Jordan Davis too, but Jordan Davis, he's going back to Georgia. Yeah. This this next year, so um, like I said, Barmore is probably my favorite. Yep, I, he, I think he's the consensus favorite. <laughs> he was he was a little bit down, you know, as when we started this whole draft thing, he was down on my list, and I had Jalen Twyman up there too, and you know, we didn't get to see a lot of Jalen Twyman because he opted out, so right that could that may have affected it a little bit. And Marvin Wilson, he opted out, you know, partial way through the season. Jay to 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 fail, he opted out. So you didn't see a lot of these, a lot of these guys. You know, we saw Barmore. I mean, we watched what he did in the national championship game. He just he dominated Ohio State. So he right as of right now, he's and he's only a redshirt sophomore. So he definitely boosted his draft stock and bumped up my rankings as well because that's I have him as my number one. Yeah, defensive lineman as well. Yeah, that's where I have him too. Is at number one, and uh, kind of followed. I, I think we talked about the other night with Kyle and uh, uh, Coach. Um, he kind of followed the same exact path that Deron Payne did. You know, he had that two game run against Georgia and Clemson in the playoffs his final year, and it catapulted him into a top pick and uh, he's not looked back. And I, I can see the same happening for Barrymore and. I don't know that Barmore isn't a better player at the same stage of their careers. Yeah. I, I think he's a little bit better than what Payne was. Yeah. I had, I didn't watch much of Payne in college back then, but I'll have to, I'll have to go back and look at it now that, now that you say that and I'll have to go check that out. Uh, yeah. So uh, who's your favorite defensive end? We'll, we'll go, we'll keep on going here. Um, he he's not he's not at the tip top, but I love Carlos Basham. Yes, he, I like him too. The way he plays, you know, he I think he he'll fit good in a four three system. But I I don't he just he's got that high motor that he just never he never quits on plays. Uh, I, he could be one of those guys that's a sleeper. Yeah. So, you know he'll he'll be he'll be. I hope he gets drafted higher, but I think he's one of my top my top defensive ends. Yeah, he's one of mine too. One of my favorites. Uh, watching a lot, I watched a lot of ACC this year, and oh, yeah. so I got to see a lot of him and uh, very talented player. So yeah, be interesting to see where he lands. By the way, yes, agreed. Um, so we'll keep on going. Favorite linebacker? Who's your favorite linebacker? Oh, we all know this one already. It's your <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I do. I, I like Nick Bolton. I, I mean, the linebacker list of, I mean, Jabril Cox, Michael Parsons, Nick Bolton, David Collins, Chester. At, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, if I had to pick, obviously pick one, it's going to be Jabril Cox. I think he's one of those guys that can do it all. He can play anywhere. Safety. He's a good covered linebacker. Blitzing, run stopping. I think he's one of the better overall linebackers. And I think he actually did boost his stock going from NDSU to LSU this year and seeing what he did in just the one year at LSU, jumping right in there and taking control. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a big jump for him, you know, even though North Dakota State was a huge powerhouse in Division Two, that's still a pretty good jump going not nope. only from Division One to Division Two, but you're jumping straight into the elite conference of Division yeah. One. So, yeah, that was pretty impressive for him to pick all that up and uh, and lead that defense. Um, so who you got at safety? Oh, this one I'm – I don't know, really. I don't know. I'm up in the air. Um, I know at the beginning it was Cisco when we had just did this, and it's kind of a cluster at the top right there for me right now because I do like Trayvon Morig, Paris Ford, uh, Hamza Nasral Dean. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all they're all different in their own ways. Yep. You know, so that one I'm I'm, I'm a little torn on that one yet because. When do when it, right now with my rankings, I do have Morg as my number one, Ford and Ford number two. So, but those top four, top four or five, they're they're pretty close to each other. Where landing spot? I want to see where these guys land and see what roles are going to play at the next level. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they land and then how those teams use them for sure. And then uh, at cornerback, who you got at corner? Sean Wade, right? What's that? Sean Wade, that's your corner, right? God, no. <laughs> God, no. Oh, uh, Shamar Jean Charles. I mean, come there on. you go. There you go. Absolutely. No, I said I, I watched quite a bit of his games this year and just, you know, how he how he handles himself, gets positions himself to get those pass breakups and not allow the catches. And if he does get the catch, he's, he's right there. It doesn't allow a lot of yards after catch. Um, I also like uh, uh, Patrick Sertan and Obama Samuel. I mean, those guys. I mean, Sertan is. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody likes Sertan, but you mentioned it. One of my favorites is is Asante Samuel. I just think he's going to be so good at the next level. Um, I, I like seeing these sons of former players like Antoine Winfield. I love seeing them come in. And just being as good as their dad was, and maybe even better. I mean, it looks like Winfield, the way he's playing right now, is going to be better than his dad. So, um, I hope that's the same for, I mean, Sertan and Samuel as well. Because, yeah, mean, and for fantasy players or fantasy managers, that's music to our ears. If you can be better than your dad and your dad was good in the league, that's that's big right there. Yeah. And especially, I mean, when it comes to that, you want to make sure with if you've got a good shutdown corner. You want to have those pass breakups and stuff that that'll count and have those guys as valuable assets on your team. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, and it's like I said, the draft process is just getting going. As Shamar told us, he just went to the Tropical Bowl thinking about the Hula Bowl. So you got all these games and you got these regional combines and then pro days. And if they do something with the combine, which is not looking good, but still a lot of time left in this draft process to see how it shakes out. So, yep. Um, so with that, if you want to, we'll go right on into our listener questions. Do it. All righty. Um, our first one comes from at Noob Fantasy, the fantasy noob, and he wants to know who our top 10 defensive line prospects for this year's draft is. And I'll let you go first. Barmore. <laughs> <laughs> Barmore. I knew it was coming. I, uh, right now, right now, my uh, my top – let's do my top five. Okay. Um, I got Christian Barmore, number, number two, one, uh, Marvin Wilson, number two. Number three, I have Jay Tufele. Uh, number four, I have actually Levi. I'm going to butcher this. Levi Onwarziki. <laughs> butchered, butchered that one. <laughs> number five, I have Jalen Twyman. Um, number six, I have Darius Stills. They're really close there. Um, his brother is actually going to return back to – West Virginia. Yes, Dante. So that would have been kind of cool to see them both come out. But I think a, a guy that could be a sleeper, though, is Mustafa Johnson, the um, interior defense alignment for Colorado. I think he's oh, okay. a, a, a sleeper. That's could be, you know, he'll probably be drafted later rounds, but I think he could be one of those guys that could sneak up on you. Yeah, and some of mine similar. I have Barmore, of course, number one. Uh, I have Jalen Twyman at two. I just think we didn't get to see enough of him because he opted out so early. Um, but I think he's definitely, for me, he's the second best interior defensive lineman. Uh, three, I have Marvin Wilson. Four, I have Jay uh, Tufele. And then at five, I have Darius Steeles. I, I just love his game. Um, and then at six, I have Forrest Morrell of Arkansas State. And then one that I really like who I keep moving up is Kobe Whiteside for Missouri. Big dude, 6'1", 310. Um, I really like him, so that's one of my favorite ones. I think he's returning back to school. Oh, is he? I see. I, have, I need to catch up on some of this. I've been a little busy, so. I'm going to check real quick, but I like. Well, that's, I guess he isn't one of my favorite ones for this year. Uh, I could go with my next one, um, which would be uh, – well, they're kind of close. I've got Lebr LeBron Ray of Alabama and Jalen Redman of Oklahoma. I think they're kind of close. So those are two that's also been moving up my boards a lot. Yeah, I think I think Kobe Whiteside is returning back to Missouri. Yeah. Um, and then our last question comes from one of our buddies at FL2 Drink Minimum. Um <clears throat> He wants to know who are some incoming IDP players, prospects, rookies, whatever you will, that will go too high in rookie drafts. Go ahead. I'll let you do this one first. Yeah, man, there's so many. Uh, I, well, there's not so many. There's just so many names um, that will go too high. You're not going to like the one I say. Uh, I, I, well, one we just mentioned him. One that's definitely going to go higher. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go. He's want he's wanting to talk about 
IDP rookie drafts. Uh, I was thinking NFL is going to be Sean Wade if he if he goes. He's he's just going to get drafted way too high. But yeah. uh, let's say play him inside. He's better inside than he was outside. Let's put yeah. it down. But still, I think. But he, if we're looking at fantasy related, ooh, uh, let's see here. I th- I, that's a tricky question because I think everybody latches on to a top name and it really depends on your drafts and, and who you're with, but I, man, I, I hate to even say it. I could see Micah Parsons getting drafted a little too high. I mean, way earlier than he should. I mean, you know, a lot of people give me, uh, a tough time a couple of years ago with drafting Devin Bush and Devin White so early, but it's worked out for me. I mean, also, by the way, <laughs> yeah, it, it's worked out for me. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, I think um, looking back last year, it, Isaiah Simmons was kind of one that got drafted way too high. Um, <laughs> maybe this year, I think he'll, he'll be a great player like White and Bush. So, I think where you're going to have to take him, I th- where you're going to have to draft Parsons, maybe a little higher than you want to. Um, Barmore may, may be a name if you're in uh, position-specific leagues. Because once these names get out there, fantasy managers, they just keep driving and driving, and then they jump the gun in these drafts. Um, Patrick Sertain could be one, just depending. Uh, I think if you're – I think it just really depends on where your draft is taking these guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's – and it, it depends where they're going to go in the actual NFL draft because that will affect right. that will affect on how they do because obviously Isaiah Simmons going to uh, Arizona, that affected him big time. Maybe if he went to Carolina, like, right. like most thought that was going to happen, maybe it would have been a little different. Maybe he would have played more of the what Jeremy Chin did. Right. So, or more like Antoine Winfield. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, definitely. So, a guy that I think of um, is either it is going to be under Cisco. I can see that. I, I like Cisco, but I don't know. Just I think that interception number is a little in, uh, inflated due to if you watch a lot of his interceptions were bouncing off other other defensive backs or receivers but you know I, I, I want to see it how it's going to translate I think he's a guy that could be do it and uh, um, Jalen Phillips the um, the edge from Miami mm. I think he might be I know his name really shot up boards this year with Rousseau not playing and who I think could be drafted a a little too early too. And I think raw. See, I, I like Rousseau, but I think he's just. I think he's a little bit too raw right yep. now. Yep. He, he he looks he looks stiff when he's trying to come around the edge, and I think he he has the potential to be that top edge, but right now I don't I don't think he's quite there. So those are the guys that I see um, right now. Probably getting drafted a little too high. What about a Dylan Moses? You think he's going to get drafted higher than he should be? I think yeah, I think he will because they, some 
he still has the name re name recognition. Mm -hmm. um, he was, you know, coming off his injury, you know, coming off the injury, and the beginning of the season, he 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 started slow. He did get better as the season went on, but I think, he, but you're you're right. I think he is a guy that can also get drafted just a, a little bit too high just based on name recognition. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Not, not all these players are. I don't want to say they're going to be drafted too high, but I think they'll be taken because of their talent. I think fantasy managers just when draft season hits, they they get a little anxious, and it's kind of like the NFL draft. You know, everybody's just kind of sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and then there's a run at a certain position, and you'll see this flood. So, um, yeah, I think Rousseau could be one. I, some of the guys you mentioned, I definitely think there's chances they could be taken a little earlier than they should be but you know it also depends on if you like a guy if you really want yeah. if you really want Gregory Rousseau with the first overall pick I mean unless you have multiple first round picks you're not right. so you might have to reach for him if you really if you really want him you know because there will be some players that I reach on yeah and, and Parsons will be one of those guys you, you're going to have to go into your rookie drafts knowing you're probably going to have to take him a late first, early second. Yeah, you, you, you're probably going to have to take him, what, four or five spots earlier than you normally would thought. Like you did with Devin Bush and Devin White. Yep, yep. same with uh, Chase Young last year, you know. I I know in my rookie draft, I took him in the – I took him, I think, with pick seven in the first round. And that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I ended up flipping him for D Daniel Hunter, but that, that turned out real well for me. Right. I don't know that that's maybe for this year, but that's not a this bad thing. Year, yeah. I mean, I still won the championship. But yeah. I, I think with those high profile players, you, you have to go in with the mindset that everybody is looking at them. So you're probably going to have to adjust another four or five picks earlier if you really want. That's the same way in the NFL draft. If you, if you yep. want a guy, you might have to reach to get him because there's, there's plenty of picks in between. And other people that know what your tendencies are, that they will take your player. Right, right. Well, I think that was a pretty good uh, breakdown for those questions, and that's all we have. Uh, if you don't have anything else, we will. Uh, I know you got to go, so we will uh, get it wrapped up here. Yep. No, I, I don't. I don't have anything else. Um, you can follow me on on Twitter at egh fifteen twenty eight idp. Um, I do the IDP stuff at Dynasty Nerds, uh, draft content for NFL Draft Bible. So, um, and then IDP guys, I know they're doing doing a site maintenance right now. Yep. So that, that's currently down, but it'll be back up here hopefully soon, and we can get some more Davey IDP stuff out. Yep. Follow me at Hollywood Titan at the IDP guys. You can follow me, of course, here on the dig podcast on the IDP nation podcast, um, doing the magazine as well. So lots of good stuff coming. Uh, like I said, we've got another interview hopefully next week, as long as his schedule works out. So be sure to tune in for that. And I'm, I'm trying to line up some other ones. Um, as far as IDP nation tune into that, we've got some special guests lined up in the next few weeks. So we're doing all that good stuff. Um, thanks to our sponsor, thrive fantasy app. Uh, be sure to check them out. And um, 
I think that's it. And we want to, once again, I want to thank Shamar John Charles for taking yes. the time to come on with an excellent interview. Uh, we'll be tweeting all this stuff out and uh, I'll drop the link for the podcast as soon as it downloads here in a little bit. So hope everyone enjoys it and uh, spread the word and we'll see you next week. Have a good one guys. Later.